0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the first cut podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Northern Trust. And joining
1: me to break it all down, it's the coach. What's up, coach? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is big game hunting time in the FedEx Cup playoffs. All the big boys showed up. Well, most of the big boys (laughs) showed up today. Big time. Most of the big boys showed up, and there are
0: so many to get through. Let's just jump in and see how many we can get through in the next 15 yeah. minutes or so. John Rahm, still atop the leaderboard. He shoots a four under 67, and notably, he does it bogey free, which is now 36 holes in a row for John Rahm without making a bogey. And this is the first time in his PGA Tour career that he's played the first 36 holes without a bogey in his 100th and 10th start.
1: It's incredible, and when you look at what he did based off of what we talked about on the show on Tuesday, this may be the best 36 holes of golf he's ever played. We're talking about, what, two events in the last two months, and yet he still comes out and says to everybody else, I'm just that good. Whatever happened with him being a father and being refocused and all of that, he is clearly now the best player in the game, and he's showing it so far through 36 holes. Tony Finau goes out early on
0: Thursday morning and he goes out in a flurry. He makes the turn in 33. He gets four more on the good side coming in. That's a 64. And coach, I think that when when Tony Finau eventually wins, <laughs> eventually <says he laughs> 10, I think it will be really important the type of event that he wins and it's not another just kind of lame If he goes out and wins this one, silence the critics. No more whispers. No more murmurs. Go win a big
1: boy. Yeah. You, you, you win a playoff event that puts you in position to now put your name on the big, big trophy, the $15 million trophy. That's what this would do this weekend. So this would be an incredible way for him. As you said, to silence people like us, the critics, because right now I'll be honest with you. I'm looking at the leaderboard and I'm skipping right over Tony Fino, even though I want him in a head to head battle today over Sunjay M, who had a great day too. Uh, but Tony Finau, to me, is one of these guys, he's great through 36 holes, he's okay on Saturday, then on Sunday he always regresses. He has to show us, Rick, he's got to show us tomorrow, because when you look at the names here, there's going to be at least five or six that continue to go this way. Can Tony Finau do that when the pressure starts to mount? So far, the answer's been no. We'll see you tomorrow. One shot back heading
0: into the weekend for Tony Finau. He's at 11 under. At 10 under par is Justin Thomas. Coach, I was playing a little bit of golf this morning myself, and when I flipped open the PGA Tour app (laughs) and saw that Justin Thomas went out in 38, that's three over, I said, all right, well, it was good while it lasted. It was a fun run, but he summons a little bit of energy, a little bit of courage, and he birdies five. He birdies six. He birdies seven. He eagles eight to shoot a sixty-nine and keep his name into the mix with two rounds to go.
1: And I had him in a head-to-head this morning too. So I too looked at it going plus three on his round <laughs> over DJ. Then DJ went backwards and and rarely. And I know we all feel this way. And it could be you betting on DJ and me betting on uh, uh, Justin Thomas, and we both feel like we always lose. But it never happens when you start plus three that you come back and finish minus two. I think this sixty-nine could be the biggest 69 in recent times for Justin Thomas because of how he shot the 69. The fact that he came home in 500, that he got right back into the tournament when it looked like he was going to be at least six or seven shots back. Now he's just two, and he's right there in the mix and a tie for third, which is fantastic the way that he started. 10 under par is where Justin
0: Thomas stands. 10 under par is where Xander Shawley stands. Thanks to a nine under 62. That's the course record. Although there's one other player in the field that we'll get to who also shot and tied the course record uh, here today on Friday. Xander uh, was a little bit stuck in neutral. I think coming back from Tokyo, just one sour week before he gets right back into action and right back in the mix of things.
1: I said on first cut recently that I'm done, done fading Brooks Koepka. I'm done. Well, I think that Xander is going to have to slowly move into that category because every time I look up now Xander, and I think Tokyo is a really big deal for him. I think the confidence that he's going to take from that is going to be resounding on the PGA tour to the tune of a couple of victories. Will it be this week? He's certainly in position now, just three back of John Rahm, but the way he's plotting along and the way he's hitting shots and the way he's dropping bombs tells me, that he could be very, very special, somebody to watch over the weekend.
0: Well, the way that Jordan Spieth is playing is very And He also tied the course record here on Friday, shooting a 62. And let me see if I have this all in order, Coach. He holes out for Eagle from the fairway. That was about 80 yards. He holes out for Eagle, chipping from basically the penalty area, 28 <laughs> yards there. Uh, he he just, I mean, he was just doing it in Spiethian ways, right? That's what we expect from him. Just put the ball in the cup, no matter how ugly it is.
1: I wrote down the word magical on my paper here as I watched him today, and I heard a great little nugget uh, from uh, Aaron Badley on the broadcast right before we came on. Apparently, Patrick Cantlay said to him, as they were walking up to their 18th hole, he said, is there a strokes gain stat for 60-degree wedges? Because he is so frustrated. He said, I've been watching this since I was 14 years old. What Jordan Spieth did today to tie the course record at 62 – if you didn't watch his round, you can't fully appreciate how great this round was. He was pitching from everywhere. It was almost like he made every birdie opportunity that he could. Then he has the two Eagles, which are not normal. And then all of these pars that were from all over the place, the humps and the bumps, his birdie on 16 was ridiculous. And that's that drivable par four. He was in a spot that four at best, He hits it into the side. It goes up. It curves, And all of a sudden, it's six inches from the cup. It was disgusting. It was (laughs) filthy. And this dude is awesome. I love seeing him back. And I love seeing him shoot nine under after shooting a 72 on Thursday. He's also just, what is he now, at eight under? He's just four back.
0: Just four back, along with Brooks Kepka. I mean, can I can I just stop naming big names yet? Yeah, just big names at the top of the leaderboard. Brooks Kepka, eight under par. He got off in a hurry on Friday. He birdied two, three, four, five, six. That is five in a row for those counting at home. He made three more birdies on his inward nine. And coach, I guess, uh, I guess Brooks has decided this uh, this event's big enough. He can he can contend in this one.
1: Yeah, I guess if it's gonna set him up for something bigger, that's what it takes for, to motivate him. I. Uh, I'm so torn with Brooks every time because I'm, I'm so hit or miss with him. Uh, I love cocky people because I, too, am very, very arrogant at times. Uh, but sometimes you're like, can you please just show me that you enjoy being as great as you can be? Can you just show me? Not not just a little fist pump. Give me a big fist pump. But alas, that would not be on brand for Brooks Kepka. What is on brand is the fact that when the, the stakes are raised, he normally raises his game, and today he was spectacular despite bogeying his final hole.
0: Hideki Matsuyama, coach, and I'm sorry I got to bring this one up. Hideki Matsuyama Ooh. had himself a day. He is five under par. Uh, he not only made six birdies going out on his front nine, he hit his ball into the shorts or to the shirt of a of a fan. It was a shirt. It was a shirt. Yeah, His shirt the guy had to stand there and wait for him to get there? But he also made triple on 18, including a shot that he hit out of the bunker, uh, OB, out of play. And uh, that, to me, is a full day of golf for Hideki Matsuyama.
1: Never write down a W in a golf bet, no matter what. I'm just going to say I'm not going to get into the story of what happened to me and my bad beats today. But I will say this. Never think it's over until it's over. For Hideki, you can see how disappointed he was. Hitting it out of bounds, out of the fairway bunker, that's the worst way to hit it out of bounds because then now it's a double, a lock, and he ended up with a triple. He had it great today until the final hole. He really, really did. He looked like the master's Hideki. Then he looked severely, uh, severely disappointed because I, I think it's more than just a triple. He looked up at the leaderboard. He said, wait a second. I'm now, instead of four back, I'm now seven back. But it's more than just being seven back. It's the names. These guys know how good... The names above them are they know that not all of these guys are going to slide back like some weeks where you can look up and see Harold Varner, the third JT Poston, um, Emiliano Grills. You know what? I think I can catch those guys. You're not catching everybody when it comes to speed Brooks, Rahm, you know, the list goes on and on. So it's so different today as opposed to maybe a normal week.
0: If Hideki looked like uh, the Masters version of himself for the majority of Friday, then Brooke, uh, Bryson DeChambeau looked like the U.S. Open, the Wingsfoot version of himself for the majority of Friday as well. It was a great bounce back, six under 65. That included an eagle on number eight, which always goes a long way. Not many pars still on the card for Bryson, but this is a much better result as he enters the weekend
1: six shots back. It seems like every bet I made today was a big name against a big name. Uh, And even though I I ended up flat out even, horrible beats. So I had John Rahm over Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau had one of the most unbelievable birdies you'll ever see on a par five. He had a hole out for Eagle after going in the gunch on another par five. So that was three under on just two holes doing what Bryson does. And if he can continue to scramble and score, This is the type of course that he can go ridiculously low on. I could easily see somebody like Bryson who can get it so far down there that it's just a wedge fest that I can see him shooting a 61 or 62 tomorrow. But he has his game back as far as his wedges, irons, but the driver's a little bit erratic, Rick. I'm not completely comfortable with where that is right now. Coach, I'm ready and uh, willing to give
0: you one more bad beat because uh, you and I have a little bit of a of a of a bet against one another. And I had my Venmo open. I was ready. I was searching. I was typing in J O. I was look. <sighs> I was looking for your name uh, yep. because Daniel Berger, who's the side that I'm on against Patrick Cantley, Daniel Berger was prepared to miss the cut. It was over. He chips in on 18 to make the cut, and now I'm now I'm just free rolling this. I'm feeling good. I, I got to sweat. I got to make up six shots on the weekend, uh, but I have no doubt coach that Burger <laughs> is going to make this interesting <laughs> over
1: the final two days all right so this will be my last bad beat of the day i can't make these stories up i had rory against burger in a head-to-head today rory was one up finished burger is off the green w right write it down it's a it's a win then he holes out to not only keep our bet going and believe me six shots I don't care. I want the bet to end today. Yes. And alas, he did not. So yeah, it was it, it sounds like it was a horrible day for me. It wasn't, but it could have been a spectacular day, uh, and it wasn't. All right, here's what we've got to
0: do. We've got some potential news coming for Sunday. We've got some disappointments, and we got to look at the odds and see what the value is heading into the weekends, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Coach, our friends over at Caesars have, of course, made John Rahm the favorite here. He has plus yep. 150. He's one shot clear, but there is a plethora of big names trying to chase him down. And three big ones, all at seven to one, are Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, and Tony Finau. If you want to go a little bit deeper than that, Jordan Spieth is 12 to one, and Brooks Kepka is 18 to one. Those are the only golfers, sub 33 to one. Those are, that's it. Those six. So what do you see in terms of value when you look at the big board?
1: I look at Spieth as a lot of value. I wouldn't play anybody seven to one right now, uh, simply because there's too much golf to be played. If this was Sunday, I might do it, but I wouldn't do it to because I just don't know what Rom is going to do. Now, Spieth, he's a four back, but Spieth got his bad day out of the way already. These other guys have not. And so the hardest thing to do, I know, is back up a low round with another round. But the way Jordan Spieth did it today was not just a, hey, fairway hit, fairway hit, make nine birdies. He really had to scramble, which means his two bad rounds are out of the way. Because nobody at his level ever has three or four and is in the mix. So to me, the value is there, double digits. And then if I'm going down, maybe a Victor Hovland at seven. And I love Brooks Kepka. Uh, I I love. What did you say his number was? Eighteen, and Hovland is thirty-three 18. to one. Yeah, so is just one back of Brooks. So to me, there's a lot of value there. I wouldn't go any farther back, uh, than seven under. If if anybody's looking at it, and then if you really want a long shot, uh, Lee Westwood's at seven under as well. And he he's he's one of those guys that this year we've seen very very quietly can just jump up the leaderboard when everybody else is going crazy. So you might be able to get a good number on him too. Lee Westwood is 125 to one. That is
0: a good number coach. We're about to get out of here, but real quick, our leader in the FedEx cup standings, Colin Morikawa has failed to make the weekend and it's going to cost him. He's going to drop out of the number one spot. It's obviously going to depend on how it all Mm -hmm. shakes out, but he right now is projected to drop to seventh. That's a big difference. When you start getting into the starting strokes at East Lake in a couple of weeks.
1: Well, it's big time, and Donnie Pepper reported on the broadcast today something that none of us knew, that Colin Morikawa hurt his back yes. on Sunday in Tokyo, Japan, and we've seen what he's done the two tournaments that he has come back from Tokyo. He hasn't played very good in Memphis, and now uh, this week, missing the cut by a couple of shots. If this back is any more than uh, just mild, That could be significant. It could be a $15 million injury. Now, nobody's feeling sorry for Colin Morcao. He's made a ton of money this year. But I don't care who you are. $15 million is still $15 million. So hopefully he can get work on his back. He can get his his game back before next week. Uh, Because as you said, now, it's not just, hey, I'm going to be in the top 10. And years before, they would have been happy. But now, it's so important to finish as high as you possibly can. And a miscut is not going to do it. It's not. And, Coach, as if all of that,
0: all of that jam packed action we just talked about in the last 15 minutes is not enough. There is a tropical storm bearing down on Liberty oh. National. Tropical storm Henry could have an impact on the northern trust uh the, the officials do not think it is going to be an issue on saturday but there will mm-hmm. be a decision made whether this event will the final round will be postponed until monday coach so this is obviously something that is developing there might be a day, a day off for these players and this might be a monday wrap
1: yeah it's very very weird but i hope that if it's coming that they don't do one of those things, Rick, where you walk, you bring all the players out and then you try to hit or miss the weather. Now, yeah. a tropical storm is usually pretty consistently It's going to be hard to m- miss, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, <clears throat> if they know that it's coming at, say, 11 a.m. and it's just impossible to get the final round in, then just cancel the entire day. Let the course be okay. Get it ready for Monday because there's so much at stake that you just can't have half the field playing in one condition and then the other half playing in different conditions. You want everybody playing in the same.
0: I'm, I am not a fan of Monday finishes, but you're absolutely right. You can't, you can't start and stop the integrity of the whole thing. It's a big deal. So uh, we'll see, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll be here after round three. And of course, eventually after round four, as this whole thing shakes out. But for now, let me thank producer. Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there is the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the coach rules and you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.